Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our webinar or uh, audio podcast because we are going to syndicate all uh, webinars to a new format and cover the uh, listeners as well. And uh, today I'm excited to welcome uh, Ron Mourinho uh, to discuss about SEO agency because I'm founder of SEO agency in Ukraine and Russia, but Ron uh, runs the agency in the US. And uh, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, Anatoly. Uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate you reaching out. I know that we've been um, in communication for some time now. I know that I've been subscribed to your channel. You've been subscribed to my channel. And we've been commenting back and forth on each other's channel. Uh, happy to see that you're making more content. I think that that's something that I, you know, I like seeing from you when you upload. Um, so thank you for having me on. I, I definitely appreciate it. Oh, cool. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, I, I like your content because, you know, it's quite different from other YouTubers. You can broadcast and share some information about SEO agency, how to run it. And yeah, I, I like it because uh, um, I want to extend my services to English speaking countries as well, because today um, our agency is recognizable in Russian uh, and Ukraine and uh, other uh, <laughs> similar countries. Uh, but yeah, today we have some clients from uh, English directions as well. And yeah, <laughs> I, I love to learn from you. Uh, by the way, you know, uh, I watched uh, one broadcast with uh, uh, Chase Reiner and he uh, and you shared your age 26, am I right? Yeah, I mean, uh, really? I share, I shared, I think that that's one of the reasons as to why people watch is because there's nothing to buy. And I mm -hmm. think that that's really important. And so um, I know a lot of YouTubers that literally just sell every single time they get on the camera. And for me, it's like, if I have running my business, and I don't have to sell, I can provide the best level of information without being commercial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely content marketing. Yeah. Uh, by the way, why you uh, spend more time uh, on YouTube, not uh, with SEO, like to provide uh, content marketing with blogging or something similar? So that's a really good question. So um, our average website session duration is like probably like two minutes. And mm -hmm. you know that's considered normal for most websites. My YouTube video average session duration or average watch time is like 12 minutes. So am I going to invest into a platform that people are watching an average of two minutes of me? Or are people going to, or am I gonna invest my time on a platform where people are watching hours of me? And so when you look at it that way, if you had a website where there were people going to the website for hours, you would rank number one for everything. That's what YouTube is. And my when I make a video, when I produce that, that type of content, I spend my time doing content marketing on YouTube because people stick around for longer. Whereas if I'm doing organic SEO, the session duration isn't as high as somebody that's sitting down to watch an actual video. And for us and for me, I've seen a much higher return because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. And you know, uh, from my experience, uh, uh, for example, when uh, we uh, launched our agency in Ukraine, and uh, we spent a lot of resources to with blogging, with promotion, link building, and today, yeah, we we have good traffic. Uh, it's like uh, five thousand 
people a day, uh, not bad, uh, but you know, uh, uh, we spent a lot of resources. We web developing, we link building, we designers, we copywriters. And uh, if I compare all these resources with YouTube, it's less competitive. Today we have a, a million uh, views uh, uh, and uh, a lot of clients come to us <laughs> from YouTube because it's less competitive. And I analyzed one time uh, that uh, on YouTube, uh, uh, 2 billion users and only 31 million uh, channels. And mm -hmm. if you compare with SEO, there are uh, 4.5 billion users and uh, 1.8 billion websites online. Yep, it's uh, uh, 32 times competitive than YouTube. That's why yeah, uh, I, I love uh, creating content on YouTube. Uh, and consistency helps to improve quality. And I learned from you, you know, to, to be consistent because uh, in my case, I need to improve my confidence, my pronunciation, you know, because uh, it, it's tough when you start from uh, your journey. For example, when I started my Russian channel, you know, uh, I got a lot of haters told me, no way, you're Ukrainian, you can't speak Russian. And uh, today, <laughs> today I saw uh, the same situation with my English channel, you know, <laughs> people attacked me. No, not always. Uh, I have a lot of uh, good followers and yeah, it just helps to improve quality. What do you think about consistency, by the way? Because on SEO, it's more crucial to create uh, high quality content. Yep. Uh, and uh, but on YouTube and LinkedIn or other social media, I see uh, it's better to uh, provide quantity and consistency. Yeah, I think I think consistency is is for YouTube's purposes or for just anything where there's video involved. Obviously, the more times that people can actually see your face and hear good information, you're going to build this repetition to where they want to come back to that actual video and on and on and on with your channel. So I think that the consistency is really important. And so th th there's a person from uh, Think Media and his name is Sean Canal. I don't know if you've researched him, um, but basically his thing is called just record. You know, it's like you want to just get recording, start making videos. Even if you think that they're bad, just start getting into the habit of being better at 1% every time that you upload. And eventually you're going to be so good at making the content that's on YouTube that you're going to start getting performing videos and you're going to get an ROI for whatever reason it is that you're starting YouTube. Now with SEO, it's a lot different. It's like people don't come to your blog like they used to on a monthly basis. Now they're going to YouTube, so they're doing videos. So now with SEO, you're really trying to match that user's intent with the relative um, either article, piece of media, web page that's going to match that user intent. But I think over time, people are going to be going to the YouTube platform to get information and they're going to go to Google to ask basic questions. Mm -hmm. And Google's featured snippets are eventually going to take away a lot of the search, uh, uh, a lot of the search potential in Google for a lot of these large websites. And people are going to go more to YouTube because people like my 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 niece. I almost said my daughter. I do not have a child, um, but my yeah. niece, um, beautiful beautiful girl, she's on YouTube fourteen hours a day. And so that's going to be the new search engine that people are looking for, especially when things start becoming more interactive. When people are talking to their phones and like, okay, YouTube says you just have to watch this part. You've probably seen that in a featured snippet. You search how to create a Facebook ad and, and YouTube says, this minute of this video is is, is where you need to watch. So YouTube's trying to get people to not even watch the entire video. And so when, when you see those algorithmic changes, um, it's definitely worth it to be consistent on YouTube because you build that audience of people that expect to hear from you or you create really highly relevant SEO content regardless both take a lot of time. And at that point, you just have to pick your poison.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Yeah, good insights. Okay, uh, let me start from my first question uh, because the main topic how to run an SEO agency or uh, build a new one. And uh, the first question: Why do you choose SEO? Uh, there are a lot of niches, finance, uh, I don't know, weight loss, uh, many others, insurance, but why SEO? Um, so I'm not really good at weight loss. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely something I can't teach people how to do. Um, I could, I pro- I can't teach people how to do finance because I don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can teach people how to do websites and SEO because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good at it. And so I, I think like when you get a client, um, you're teaching them something, right? I mean, you're not mm-hmm. just getting them and just doing a transaction. No, you're teaching them about your process, about what you're going to do for them, about how they're going to rank, and you're giving them a plan. And so I like that type of consulting and business management type of uh, realm when I do business because I love giving advice. I have good advice to give. And so that's why I chose SEO because I've always known that I've been really good at consultation. And so like uncovering a problem and then creating a solution to tackle that problem, I've always been good at inside of my life. And so the SEO, that's basically what it is. There's a problem, you're not ranking or you're ranking and they're not for the right keywords. There's always some type of problem that you're fixing. And for me, it's like, how do we solve this problem? And if nobody in the room says this, this is how we solve it, then you know we haven't talked enough about the problem. And so for me, it's like breaking down an issue and then bringing it into small steps on how to accomplish that issue that gets me excited to do work every single day. And so a client will come with us and they tell us what that issue is. And then our project managers will say, here's how we're going to solve the problem to that issue. And then they get the work done and report it back to the customer. So that's why I chose SEO. That's why I chose digital marketing, because there's always a way to do things. There's never not a way, right? Every time that we're presented with an area of opportunity where a client wants to do something specific, it's like there's always a way. And I think solving those problems and solving those challenges gets me excited every single day because you truly can't grow without having resistance. And if you don't have any resistance, then it's very difficult to start to grow. You need that stress to grow. And once you start having bigger problems to solve, that's generally a good sign that you're growing, unless they're just stupid problems. Like if you're bad at managing your money, if you're lazy, um, you know, if you're on drugs, if you're on alcohol, those aren't the types of problems that I'm talking about. I'm talking about client feedback. I'm talking about too many clients. I'm talking about clients leaving actual business problems. Um, not like your little childish personal problems that people may have. I'm talking more about like, if, if clients are leaving your company, why? And then once you know why, figure that out and create processes to ensure that that happens less. It's always going to happen. Everybody has churn, but you can reduce that churn just by gathering feedback. So that's why I chose SEO. It's a very problem solution oriented type of business. Okay, got it. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Um, I have the question from uh, our attenders, but you know, uh, the first question, um, uh, for example, if you uh, start from scratch, have no money, resources but you wanna run an SEO agency where to start where to go you know for example if you have only passion to uh, build career in this way and but without resources so I think I think the first thing that I would do if I if I was if I was in that position um, I've always had resources because I have skills and mm-hmm. so those skills will always lead with you and that's kind of one of the things that you know people like Albert Einstein behind you, definitely understood was, you know, the government can never tax what's inside of your head. And so mm-hmm. to this day, um, I'm humbled and I read a lot and I learn a lot and I'm always mm-hmm. educating myself because 
no matter what job I go to, what's in my head is never going to go away. And so I understand the value of having education inside of your head. So I've never been in a position to start over without any resources because I know the skills that I know. Now, if I started over and I was a complete uh, you know, beginner and I didn't know anything at all, I didn't know anything about sales, I didn't know anything about customer service, I didn't know anything about technology, the first thing I would do is get a job, right? I mean, you have to get some type of living sustaining income coming in and I would get a job at an agency and understand how that agency works and how it performs. And who knows, maybe I'll make a career in that agency if it's if it's worth it for me. Or if I don't make a career within that agency, after two, three, four years of working inside of that business, I'm gonna know miles more than what I've learned inside of my, uh, you know, just trying to do it by myself. And so the other thing that if you don't have, have any experience is start with one thing. So like learn how to make a website and then apply to an agency as an intern and start to make your way up. People don't like hearing this answer though, because it's not something that's immediate and everybody needs everything immediately. That's not how life works, right? You, you, you pray for the things that you want. They slowly come to you and the universe says, this guy's prayed enough. He's done enough work. He's done enough action. Let's give him what he wants. That's how it happens. That's how infinite intelligence works. And so if you start with learning the skill, applying for internships at bigger agencies, decently working agencies, and then get a job inside of that agency, you're going to be much more comfortable if you have nothing. This is if you have nothing. Now, where I came from, it was a little bit different because I had resources. I had cash. I had skill set. I had sales knowledge. I had technical ability. If you don't have any of those, your best bet is to learn a skill, apply to an agency as an intern for that skill and then get a full-time job at that agency, and then you be much better set up if you have nothing to start your own SEO agency. Because let me tell you something, it is not easy. And a lot of people, they'll say, oh, you know, easy online business model uh, that you can start at your house for nothing. That's not the case. It's not, it's not like that. I mean, you're talking about a very delicate process with customers. You're talking about an issue of actually uh, solving keyword rankings. And, and if you don't do that the right way, you're going to lose clients and it's not going to be a business. It's going to be a job. And if you want a job, just work at an agency. So um, to create a business, you've really got to know what you're doing. Yeah, I see you have uh, a program on your website uh, for interns. Yep, yeah. interesting. Uh, by the way, I, I will put the link in the description below if you are interested, you know, to learn from uh, your agency. Yep. I think it's interesting way to go. Okay, uh, we have another question. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, okay, uh, how how many people in your team? Oh, it's interesting. No. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it is an interesting question. Um, so right now we we just hired two more people. So we're at about um, we're at about fourteen, actually fifteen people. Mm -hmm. um, which is good. Some are part-time, some are in, in and out contracted. Uh, most probably like 12 of them are full-time. So mm -hmm. um, these are W2 staff members who are on payroll and uh, are expected to work at, at on a salary basis. Um, and so obviously my goal is to have hundreds of employees, thousands of employees if possible. Um, mm -hmm. but, you know, that becomes very difficult once things start getting a little more complicated. And that's why you've got to educate yourself to understand what it, what is that progression look like? So as of right now, um, that's how many that's how many staff members we have right now full time. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, what and they're, uh, they're and the crazy part is is they're domestic. They're all, most of them are local. We have one that's not local, and mm -hmm. uh, you know everybody's embracing the remote workforce, um, which I agree. We're all working remote because of the pandemic, 
Um, but ultimately, my goal is to hire from the community that we live in. And I'm a big believer in stimulating that local economy and you get a really good return out of doing that. And you just start to get known locally. And that's the goal with Developmark. It's not about trying to please people nationally. It's trying to please people that are closest to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, you know, I have a lot of questions, but we have, um, it's better to reply to questions that people submit here. And the first, what is the process of growing, for example, investments, employments, etc.? Um, so, I mean, I think, I think the good, the good, the good, uh, the good, the good thing about growing your, your, your employee employees, and I think that's what the question means. I am, I am definitely not the person to give you uh, investment advice just because the only investment that I have is Develamark. And they say that you should have seven streams of income to become a millionaire. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. I put four. You should have one very solid source of income and then you can start investing. So I'm working on that first income, which is Develamark. And so, um, you know, it's not fair to staff members if I'm focusing on all these other different things while their their jobs are at risk. So that's why I focus so much just on Developmark. And so the best way to grow, to grow your employees and the best way to grow your actual culture and the best way to grow your company is by actually offering value and a clear roadmap of where your company is going and, and how the people inside of that company can play into that. If you're lazy, if you're, you don't work hard, and you have employees right now and you have really bad habits and they all see that you don't work hard, you're in trouble because it's going to be hard for them to buy in because it's the oldest saying in the world, monkey see, monkey do. And so if mm-hmm. I become lazy, if I stop working hard, if I stop innovating, what do you think is going to happen to my staff? They're either going to leave to go find a company with the leader that's actually going to do something. And people always say people never leave companies. They leave managers, right? That's an old saying. Mm-hmm or they're going to just disengage and they're just going to ride it out until a new opportunity comes up in the near future. And so for me, like I'm I'm not about that at all. I'd rather provide the value as much as possible, give them the roadmap to grow in, and then also give them things that they need to, to succeed, like money. Obviously everybody has financial goals, getting clear on what those financial goals are on a yearly basis with each staff member and keeping a personal file that says, here's what this employee told me at this check-in meeting, and then year over year, you can see, hey, did you get to this goal? And if they say yes, well, now you have a case study from that employee and you know you're on the right path to success. As long as you can create with your clients, with your business, with your employees, a, a roadmap to success and you can consistently hit that roadmap, um, people are going to be very happy with, with everything that you're doing. Okay. Okay. You talked about uh, learning a lot. Um uh, where are you gain this knowledge? For example, I love reading blogs, uh, marketing books, uh, listen to audio podcasts, and yeah, uh, I don't use one resource of information and yeah, uh, gain information from any places. W- what is your way? Um, somebody asked if this is a GameCube in the back, and yes, yes, this is a GameCube. I have a uh-huh. bunch. Of, I have sealed consoles here too, so I have a brand new in the box PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, um, you know, the knowledge is, is, is certainly it's applied knowledge. You know, it's it's like, you know, it, it, it's 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 books, it's knowledge, it's it's courses, it's mentoring, it's meeting with other people. Um, you know, what, one of the things that Albert Einstein was really good at doing is masterminding. And it's really important that you're meeting with people that know more than you instead of consistently meeting with people that know as much as you or, or even worse, less than you. And so your time is very sensitive and what you let into your brain during the times of when it's idle, they actually used to say when you were a kid, if you ever went to church 
they would say that the, the devil loves idle. Devil loves when you're just sitting around blank thinking, right? Not thinking about anything good. I try to avoid as much of that idle as possible. And because of that, I'm always doing learning. And then I apply that learning as soon as possible and quickly get feedback of what's working. This is the beautiful part about the universe that we live in. When we put something out, we immediately get feedback from the universe about how well it works, right? I mean, if you exercise, you immediately feel better after. If you smoke, you immediately feel worse after. Well, my first time smoking, I understood that it's not good for asthma. It's not good for my allergies. It's not good for this and this, this, right? Clearly, I know more now. And so if you're, if you're learning stuff and you're putting it out into the universe, which you should be doing by applying what you're learning in action and motion, energy needs motion, then you're going to quickly see results. And when you get those results, that's when you become the higher power and you say, okay, let me, re let me analyze these results and what happened. And then you can start to pick similarities inside of what you're doing and eventually you master it. And they say that about different things as well. They say that if you want to master something, you have to do it for 10,000 hours. Well, how many things are, do you think you're going to learn in those 10,000 hours to get to that mastery? And that's how you learn. You learn the basics. You learn the philosophies. You learn you know, the recommendations. And then you do the tactics and report back to yourself what's working, what's not, how can I make it better, if I even want to make it better, or should I kick this to the curb? And that's exactly how we learn. Um, and and, and it's, it's, it's the only way to do it. I mean, people go to college for four years and then they can't get a job or they get a job and they have no idea what to do until they're in that job for 10 years and they have applied knowledge, which is the best form of knowledge that you can get. Um, and I often, I often tell people, it's like, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not any of those specialized different types of fields. But I have friends that have been talking about those things for 10 years now. And I could have been a doctor far before, since they've been talking about it, I could have already, I could probably already know more than they do just because of the applied knowledge and the execution of doing things. It's not about the learning. It's about the execution of things. Look, mm -hmm. Anatoly, we were born with morals. We were born with morals for a reason. There's a reason why we feel good and we feel bad. And the smartest people in the world, guess where they go towards? Feeling good. And feeling good comes with being responsible, executing things on time, committing to your word, being healthy. God gave us all of these different emotions for a reason. And most humans completely ignore them. And so if you're learning something, that's great. You have to execute it and get your feedback on it. And you're going to learn a way of teaching it that nobody else teaches it because you're going to experience something different. The universe never does something the same thing twice. Everything is unique. So what you're going to learn out of doing SEO is going to be completely different than what I'm going to learn doing SEO. And we have different teaching styles and we have different information. <laughs> and we know more knowledge. Now, here's the brilliant part about this Anatoly. One battery, right? produces a certain amount of energy. Well, if there's two or three batteries, there's going to be more energy. Brains work the same way. This means that if I'm in a room with other masters of what they do, I'm immediately going to know everything that they've learned and I don't even have to execute it. I just learn. At that point, you're controlling what's coming into your brain and you're focusing on what specialization you want to go towards and eventually you become the master and the most known person inside of that specialization. So it's not about learning, it's about the execution plan you have after it and making sure you don't fill your brain with useless knowledge that's not going to help you in the future. Okay, uh, how to choose priority. For example, 
uh, we can't uh, read all blog posts, uh, read all books. Uh, I don't know, perhaps Warren Buffett can do it or uh, Ty Lopez. <laughs> I know he reads one book a day. You know, uh, it takes time because uh, especially if we should combine uh, acting and learning you know for example from my experience i see uh, i often see when people learn a lot and do nothing you know i don't think that it helps them to grow because people uh, forget about 95 percent of knowledge if they don't act you know uh, for me acting is the best uh, knowledge and how to choose priority what you uh, which books to read uh, where to go and how to uh, choose what to act uh, from your knowledge yeah that's a i mean that's a that's a really good uh question because i mean there's so much that you can learn out there right i mean there's so much information i'm looking at the comments right now and somebody said that um you know they're 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 recommending a lot of these course yearly subscriptions and you know that can work right it, but it's important that you specialize and you start learning things that you know you're going to apply in the near future and that's why having your 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 own definite purpose is very important. Like for me, I want to grow an agency. I eventually want to get into politics and government, and that starts with becoming some sort of mayor or some sort of town leadership program. And I eventually want to potentially become an astronaut. And so now that I know that, okay, what are the different types of things that I need to learn? And so now I can set my curriculum up for what I want to learn. Then I can start picking the things I want to learn. But if you're just learning sporadically and there's no real goal towards it, the problem is, is you're going to learn things and quickly they're going to, you're not going to want to care about them anymore. But if it comes to business, which is what I think we're talking about, um, my favorite guides are the actual HBR guides. And so these are Harvard Business Review guides mm -hmm. and, and they basically are that you can get them on pretty much any topic. You can get them on climate change. You can get them on space. You can get them on uh, doing business. And this is exactly what I read. And what I do is, Anatoly, I, I, you know, I go through this one time. And, and the good thing about HBR books is they're not really boring. They're actually like really thin. And so, you know, it's really nice because I'll go inside of this book and I'll write notes and I'll actually notate inside of the book here. And mm -hmm. then once I'm done, uh, actually in the book too, I know a lot of people don't like doing that. Um, but once I'm done, I can then write a brief description of this and then, uh, you know, I'll have that forever if I need to revisit it. But I'm telling you this right here, like this one tip I'm looking at, people should work for 90 minutes, then rest and recover. Okay. That's, that's counterintuitive to what we were taught to do in work. We're, we're taught to work eight hours. And so book Peter Drucker, right? Who is this famous business person has consulted the biggest companies in the world are telling me that there should be 90 minute work schedules, break, 90 minutes, break, 90 minutes, break. And so for our remote staff, that's really important and it's a good thing to follow by. And then, you know, it's also talking about, um, you know, people don't function like computers, you know, for long, multiple times. They just don't, like, that's not how we work. We can't overheat, um, you know? And so reading, I would definitely recommend these HBR books. I'll show you another example. So that one, this one is about making sure you're not wasting your time every single day and that you're actually working on the right things, whatever the right things means to you. If you want to become an astronaut, well, what are you working on on a daily basis, right? Those get getting the right things done. This one's about making every meeting matter, right? Don't waste any time inside of these meetings. Why am I reading this? Because it fits into my plans of my goals in the near future of running a company, being a politician, um, potentially being an astronaut. And I can basically go in through this book 
and I can basically highlight these little things. So every year when I go back to this book, I have my key points inside of here and I can basically do things a lot more effectively. And I'm, I'm learning from people that are way more skilled than me, a lot older than me, and many times billionaires. And so that's what HBR is doing is because it is a, uh, a billionaire. Did you know that any meeting under seven people is called a group discussion? And it's not, or, or I'm sorry, any meeting above seven people is called a group dis discussion and not a meeting. And so a lot of the times these little things that, um, you know, uh, uh, that, that we use, like meeting with two people is, is called a conversation. That's not a meeting. And so understanding that a meeting really is this small organized group of people that need to solve a problem that they can't solve unless they meet and talk about it. Most of the times we have meetings just to have meetings. And so these little things are going to save me time, making me better candidate for the things I'm manifesting in my life. And that's why I buy these books. Now, if you're, if you're trying to, uh, you know, do something else, like this is when I started managing. This is when I started hiring employees. I read this. And so at the time when I was hiring our first staff members, this was important to me. Now I kind of know how to manage. But at the time I read this one book, took notes, studied it for like a month. Automatically, I knew so many things that I wasn't going to do or, or that, so many issues that I wasn't going to actually do. For example, inside of this book, um, how to manage time and, and how to manage conflicting decisions, because there are conflicting decisions that you have when you become a manager. And those conflicting decisions are your time, opportunity cost, you know, God gives, God takes. It's something that's proven, right? Universe gives, higher intelligence, whatever you believe in. The moment that you're given something, something gets taken. It's just how nature works. And the same thing happens in business. If I don't meet with this person, what else am I doing during that time that's going to be more important than that based on my goals? And it's okay to do that. And it's okay to tell people no. And it's okay to delegate your time. And uh, that, that's just what I do for learning. Figure out what your direct purpose is. If you don't have a direct purpose, ponder on it. There's no rush to actually figure that out. And then once you have your direct purpose, research the curriculum that you need to research to get you to that direct purpose. Life is literally all about just manifesting the things inside of your head, telling the universe very clearly what you want, and then the law of nature, it'll actually deliver it back to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love your insights. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh yep it's better to reply to all these questions uh on chat and we can continue this uh, conversation and the first question what's a good seo ml outreach conversion rate um so liz that, that that's a good question i think that if you're offering a video inside of that uh conversion rate so i'm going to give you a quick tip um if, if 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 you're basically let's say that i was cold emailing um, this, this LinkedIn connection that I just got. And I think, I think this LinkedIn connection is because of our live right now, but let's say mm -hmm. that I, I wanted to cold email, um, um, you know, Liz right here or not Liz, I'm sorry. Um, let me see how I can share my screen. There we go. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's say I wanted to cold email Alaya Syed and she was a potential customer that we were thinking about inside of, you know, our actual business. Well, the first thing that you need to do, obviously, is get Hunter.io, which is the small Chrome plugin that's going to basically get, uh, uh, show you emails of, of things, right? And so she owns a company called Stupendos Pal. So if I were to go to their website and I were to basically uh, go to here and I wanted to cold email this person, I can probably find their email address right here, right? So there's their email address. It's clearly stated at the top here. And your email conversion rates are going to go up a lot higher if you do this. So 
the first thing that we have to do here um, is, you know, obviously compose. And then we want to put the email and the subject line. If you want to increase the conversion rates, tell them that you've attached a video. And so what you want to say is, um, let's say I just use her first name, Alicia. And then you would do something like I made a video for you. And automatically, if you got an email inside of your email box and it said that somebody made a video for you, obviously that's going to be something that you're, you're probably interested in watching if that's the case. And what you do is you actually attach you actually attach an actual um, uh, image of their uh, uh, LinkedIn profile. So for example, I would attach their LinkedIn profile right here and it would be the, the, the thumbnail of the video. And automatically when they open this email, they're gonna open it because they have this. It's gonna be their their, their LinkedIn pro uh, uh, profile as your thumbnail of reviewing their, uh, you know, whatever video you're sending. And you're gonna have a much higher conversion rate by actually doing it this route. And I guarantee you, if you got an email that showed uh, somebody making a video for you and your LinkedIn profile was their thing or your website was their thing, you would most likely give the time to watch it. That's how you can increase your conversion rates really high with your email marketing campaigns. Uh, the problem with that obviously is it takes a lot of time to make videos for people. Um, so there is a way around that. Some people will actually do a cold email and they'll say, I wanna send you a video, please respond if you want the video. Some people just straight up make the video and they know that they can get that customer's attention over time like that. Uh, but ultimately that's probably a conversion rate it would probably be like 10%. So every 10 emails that you send, you get one email response if you do it that route. Normal cold emails, probably like 2%, which is really, really low. Um, mm -hmm. And then basically, um, you know, it's one of those things where uh, you've just got to keep on getting better at it and systemize it so it's faster. Um, but you can increase your email conversion rates doing it that route, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep, got it. Mm, by the way, one response from 10 emails. Yep, I think it's a good rate. Uh, uh, I read the study from uh, Brian Dean and he shares insights that uh, uh, we have only 8% of open rate. It's not replying even. Yep, uh, that means it's better to warm connections on LinkedIn or any other social media, uh, whatever you use. And uh, yep, if you uh, people know you, it's like um, people get over a hundred emails a day, and they have no time to consume all of them. And uh, yep, they choose emails from their colleagues, uh, clients, and friends. <laughs> and you can be a friend if you warm connection before on LinkedIn as well. Yep, why not? Uh, okay. Um, the next question, uh, what are the regular places you visit for your learning? So, you know, so the, the question is, where, where's the regular places that I visit for the learning? Um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's so tough to say that. I mean, so I, I like to use, oh, that's so funny. That's, <laughs> that's the person that I just uh, did the email for. Um, mm -hmm. But, I, you know, Alina, Alia, Alia, I hope you're saying your name right. Um, your name is spelled differently here than it is on LinkedIn. Um, I, I, I go everywhere. I mean, like I go to myself first, right? There's nothing better than your actual dependable thought. You can learn a lot just by thinking and meditating. But what I'll say is, um, I learn a lot from other people and a lot of people think that to learn, they have to look up to this website or they have to download this video information and they have to do this stuff. Well, consider getting yourself into a group of people that you can meet with on a consistent basis and learn from them. And that's often through paid mentorship or paid coaching or paid masterminding. And that's by far the best way that I've done it. Now, the brilliant part of growing inside of your business is you get to start masterminding for completely free. And this is one of the things that one of my really good clients, Neil, actually taught me. And he says, look, 
every time I get on the phone with somebody, it's not just a conversation. I'm trying to learn as much as I can about that person. Because guess what, Anatoly? We can't be every different type of specialization. I can't be a lawyer. But you best believe when I call one of my lawyer friends, I'm trying to learn more about real estate law. Why not? We already have to talk about it. And so the best place to learn is actually from other people rather than buying programs online. Programs online are a really good foundation to do it. But I would consider, Aaliyah, positioning yourself into a mastermind of people that actually all share stuff that's above you. You want them to be above you. You don't want them to be people that know less than you. This is not an opportunity for you to teach people. You need to be taught right? Very big, big difference. I don't mean just go hang out with your regular friends. I mean, go hang out with people that know a lot more than you and that intimidate you to do new things. That's how you're going to grow because everything that we do is about environment. And so people learn based off of their environment. And just from that fact, how can you learn more at a more rapid rate? Put yourself in a different environment. And if the environment that you're in right now is not giving you a return on investment, I don't care how hard it is to do this, leave, leave the environment leave. And and it's really hard for some people to do this because they have friends, they have family. And sometimes, believe it or not, the family's the worst. And it's hard to do that. And I understand how hard that is to do. I'm in similar situations, right? I don't get much from my my parents. I, I love them. I give them the world, but I, I don't get much, you know, uh, uh, value towards what I want to be when I'm older. But I do get my emotional needs are connected, whatever. But you want to put yourself into an environment just like a kid if he goes to a bad school and he starts hanging out with bad friends, the kid's most likely going to grow up to be bad. That's the same way that your brain works. If your brain is in an environment where there's positive energy to power it up, you're going to have better critical thoughts. And it's a, it's a, it's one of the things that is, 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 is thought about human beings is we already know everything. We just haven't tapped into what we know yet. And so guess what happens? Guess what stimulates that thought? A mastermind. And when you have several of these batteries powering up your brain, you're going to have thoughts that you've never even thought about. But when you have negative batteries powering up your brain, all you're thinking about is procrastinating, how hard things are to do, overeating, not exercising, not being motivated, not wanting to say nice things, wanting to be quiet, wanting to be excluded, focusing on your computer, hunched up, right? And those are the different types of things that negative batteries will do for you. When you start hanging around around positive batteries, they're going to get you to do new things that you've never done before. And it's going to unlock another level of thinking that you've never had before. And that level of thinking is going to make you learn at a faster rate. So I would say the regular place that I visit for learning are my, my connections. The people that I know is, is by far the best place that I learn. Mm, what a team. Interesting, you know. <laughs> I never thought to reply something like this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, do you practice meditation or yoga every day? I don't do yoga, so I, I, I pray, but I don't pray for things mm -hmm. that I want because I already tell the universe a lot about what I want just by my actions. So I don't have to pray for mm -hmm. it, but I pray for everything that I'm thankful for. And sometimes you discover fortunes when you do this that you didn't even think about. I have a body right now that's no sickness. That's a fortune to some people. And when you really sit down for 10 minutes a night and say out loud what you're thankful for, you start to realize that the most powerful thing that you have in your business, your education, your career are the people that you already know. And so don't take that for granted. So I, I don't like necessarily like, like pray, but I meditate and, and talk about what I'm grateful for, which is a form of praying. Mm -hmm. Yep. Got it. <laughs> okay. Um, what tools do you use uh, to run your agency? Yeah, that's a really good question. So mm -hmm. 
Uh, hopefully, I'll be using Anatoly's tool soon. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, by the way, I can share my screen if you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll answer the question and then we can we can go into that. Um, but um, I mean, I use I use a few different tools. So um, I, I I I don't know how I can share my screen here. Hold on. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, there it is. Phone here. Okay, I got it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Though. Um, so we use a few tools for our agency. Um, the first one that we use is SEM Rush, and mm -hmm. obviously, obviously this is a really known tool. A lot of people use it. Um, the reason why we use it is because it allows us to do a lot of the different agency stuff that we want to do on a daily basis with customers, as well as it allows us to plan things out very well and give us a good scope of what's working and what's not. This is the first tool that we use. So we use this tool primarily for reporting and audits. And so pretty soon we're actually releasing a product called Splashdash that's going to allow people to do this reporting on a much higher level and a much more designed level. Um, so right now we use SEM Rush for our clients and for the agency because it allows us to create these quick little marketing reports that clients can dive deep into and they can learn a little bit more about. But real mm -hmm. soon, we're going to have a better reporting feature for our clients called Splashdash. And this tool is actually going to basically allow us to create those reports, but in a much more visually aesthetic form instead of just doing a, um, you know, a, uh, a regular type of thing, right? So this is, this is Splashdash as an example. And so we'll be able to basically input any of the data that we want to show for our clients. Let me just uh, make sure it's formatted right here. Um, it's going to show any of the data that we want to show for our clients that we have, and it's going to integrate with all the tools. And then we're going to be able to add any of the cards that we think are important. And the clients are going to be able to log into this tool. Um, so this is something that we're working on right now to do for the reporting. A lot of the tools that we use for like directory management is Yext. So Yext.com to manage clients' directories. Um, our team doesn't have time to go in there and, and, and try to get this stuff set up across a bunch of different things. It's just impossible for our time. So I like using Yext for that function specifically. For a website builder, we use something called Duda.co. Um, Duda.co is an amazing website platform for agencies that are creating very simple websites to use. So this is a core part of our software. Once again, in the near future, we'll have a website editor inside of Splashdash, but that's probably not for another five years out or so. Um, so that's another really good tool we use. Uh, we use Slack a lot. I'm sure that you guys are familiar with Slack. We use Basecamp to manage projects and to manage customer relationships. Um, and so Basecamp allows us to create records of everything that we're doing with our clients. And then we use ActiveCampaign for our actual CRM. And using these basic tools, we're able to run our SEO agency quite well. Um, and we use Wave Apps for payments. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Wave Apps. This is a really good tool to use for payments. We really like it. It goes right into our bank account very, very nicely. Um, and then that's that's really, I mean, probably the most important tools there on how we run our business. Uh, mm -hmm. So how, how much do you charge for monthly for these tools? How much do we get, we get charged? Yeah, I mean, like how much you pay? Each month, it's a lot. So when we did our when we did our year to date financial uh, uh, projections, um, our second our third highest expense actually our second highest expense was software. So first mm -hmm. was payroll, right? Hundreds of thousands of dollars go into payroll, and then the next is software. And software it's mm -hmm. like hundred k in software. So yeah. it's a lot, and that's why you are sm are smart for getting into the software industry, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're looking again to developer kind of is a software. When you think about it, we're just a bunch of softwares in one service, but um, it, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. Oh, you know, it, it takes time to create 
something uh, really interesting, you know, uh, because uh, uh, I don't know, we spent uh, a few years to create a tool that works perfectly fine, and we are going to improve it uh, to, um, to integrate with Google Search Console to get more reports with this tool. Yeah, I, I know, you know, and I spent a lot of resources to even to achieve uh, that we have today. Uh, by the way, I can show. Give me a few seconds. Yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see, um, you know, what you've got yeah. going on. Uh, and, you know, I decided to check out your website uh, before the webinar. Um, uh, give me a few seconds. I need to open it. We have admin panel. And you know, I can tell why we created this tool uh, because um, we had a client, uh, a good client, and uh, he told me if you wanna uh, get a big contract, please provide results for for a month. I told him it's impossible, but he he shared only this opportunity. If you provide results, we we can go ahead. Uh, the niche was uh, weight loss supplements, and uh, he had traffic around uh, hundred thousand people a month. And you know uh, what we did? We uh, uh, check out um, all his meta tags and uh, um, and improve the CTR for this website and you know uh, it helps to improve the traffic in three times you know <laughs> after this we cooperated with this client over two years and he paid a lot uh, it helps to you know <laughs> to develop our agency and uh, yep and we decided to create this tool uh, to check out uh, uh, meta tags and uh, other stuff on the website um, and it takes a few minutes, you know, if you submit your website, uh, it looks like this. Give me a few seconds. I think it's loading now. And yeah, uh, and uh, everything what you need to do, just submit your website, uh, click analysis, and after this, you can get a bunch of uh, uh, results about your website and What's going on? I need to, uh, perhaps I didn't click the right button. Uh, I think here. Can you see my screen? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. And I just, the internet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, what insights we have about your website? I don't know what's good. Ah, yeah, yeah. I think internet because uh, stream can take a lot of internet and connection. And you can see, for example, uh, about your website, uh, analysis of your title. Uh, we have uh, 21 and uh, insights what you can uh, fix, you know, using brackets, uh, numbers, uh, provoking words from Google Ads, like uh, I don't know, free shippings, discounts. Um, and you know, we took this data from uh, HubSpot uh, study, from Moss study, uh, how you can improve your CTR and um, uh, about description, uh, some insights, what you need to do, uh, the length. And if you want to fix it, for example, I can go here and uh, uh, for example, I need to add uh, numbers and brackets. Uh, I don't know, 100% results. I just type common stuff. Uh, don't fix like this. <laughs> and you can see uh, a new result yep, for this page. Uh, if you uh, scroll down, you can find uh, 
your uh, content analysis, uh, uh, yeah, uh, text lengths uh, and uh, how many times you use uh, some keywords there. And if you click here, you can analyze your uh, mobile and uh, desktop version from PageSpeed Insights. You don't need to check out each page manually. And yep, just analyze everything uh, from this tool, performance, uh, technical errors, just uh, you can send it to web developers to fix something here. Yep, just like this. And uh, we are going to improve this tool uh, to provide some uh, more information uh, to integrate with Google Search Console. And you know, from my experience, uh, um, for example, we uh, have uh, audience with this tool uh, in uh, from Russian-speaking countries, uh, and um, uh, we saw that people like simplicity. Uh, and uh, we have another tool that simple to use, and uh, uh, we have like 500 people a day they visit this tool uh, to check out uh, pages. But uh, with this tool, we try to simplify uh, everything, the visible stuff, and yeah, to go ahead. What do you think about this tool? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's very helpful. I mean, I think, um, I think it's, it, it, you know, for for optimizing what's going to become very important, the click through rate, uh, yeah. page experience, all of those different types of things um, are very important. And so, giving clients a dashboard where they can click on each site and you can assign a score of how well those sites are ranking based on your algorithm's recommendation. I think that that's a home run for a lot of people. You're you're up against people like SEM Rush for certain components of the tool because they're trying to do everything internalized. But if mm -hmm. your cost is much more competitive than SEM Rush, and if you're just specifying on certain tools that get the job done, I think that you'll have a, a great success with it. Um, and, and and so um, yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I'd love to try it out. So when when we're done, give me the link to it. I'll try it out, okay. and then uh, I'll have our SEO go into it. And uh, we'll use it and see if, if we like it. We'll let you know. If we don't, we'll also let you know. Uh, you know, I don't want to copy SEMrush or Ahrefs or any other tools because it's uh, literally impossible, you know, to com uh, compete with them. Uh, and uh, yeah, we just analyze uh, some unique uh, way where uh, we can provide some uh, stuff that they ignore. Because, for example, in SEO, I often see when uh, webmasters chase high volume keywords and they forget about competition. You are not alone. We have a lot of competitors. If you want to get results, it's better to find what your competitors ignore. And, you know, uh, I don't want to tell that uh, SEMrush or HRS ignore uh, CTR. Uh, yeah, they have uh, a bunch of other data with uh, CTR, but uh, we found that they ignore uh, estimation. You know, it's not only the length, uh, even uh, Screaming Frog or any other tools, they uh, analyze just estimation. But um, uh, we found that it's better to analyze uh, powerful words, numbers, brackets, and sometimes you forget, even when you write some uh, meta text, you forget about uh, using uh, these words. You just type them, and uh, uh, but with this tool, you can control, just control <laughs> the process. Okay, uh, we have, um, uh, you know, I have a lot of questions, and uh, okay, uh, where I can find my first client? Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a, uh, and Anatoly, I do want to respect your time, but I do have uh, six minutes left, but mm -hmm, I can answer, okay. as many, I can answer as many questions as possible. And I really want to hear more about the tool. So please send it to me once we're done. Okay, sure. Um, but I mean, I think the first way to get your first SEO client, uh, if you're overseas 
is probably to use a service and start freelancing on a platform like Fiverr because you're guaranteed to get customers doing it that route. Um, I would also consider making YouTube videos about what you're doing. Um, there, you may be thinking that people don't want to watch your content, but there are millions of people that likely want to see your textual or your, your video content. Um, and then you can link people to your own website and start selling that way. Um, the problem with using platforms like Fiverr is they are offshored. And so because of that, um, there are, you know, uh, you do take a less of a cut if you do get paid. But the good thing about Fiverr is there are a lot of America, America is what's spending money, right? America, United Kingdom, Australia, Russia, these are the places, you know, that are spending money on digital services. Um, some countries just don't see the value in it, unfortunately, at the time, which is which is okay. But if you want to get tap into the English speaking economies like America, and uh, I can tell you right now, probably, I don't I don't even know a percentage, this would be a good analytic to know. But I'm sure that there are a bunch of people going to Fiverr on a daily basis looking for services. And that's a really good way that you can get started out with your first client. And so I would go on Fiverr and I would start offering a service like website design, and just offering basic you know, five page website, 150 bucks, and boom, start making these websites, you're getting paid, you're getting better at making websites, and you're growing a clientele base and your portfolio that you can use. Okay, okay, I can ask the final question, you know, because of lack of time. And uh, uh, what questions do you ask in the interview with candidates? So, so we have an actual, um, we have an actual higher, higher pro, let me actually grab it, Anatoly. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. give me like one second, okay? Okay. By the way, guys, if you are interested uh, how to run an SEO agency, uh, comment below. Uh, I will reply after this uh, webinar and uh, yeah, share some insights, more insights, or uh, reach out me on LinkedIn. You know, <laughs> I, can, I can share uh, where you should go because I, uh, I often get this question. And uh, for example, when I started my SEO agency, uh, we started from low payment jobs uh, and spent more time with clients uh, to provide some uh, insights. And yeah, it helps to uh, grow our agency. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we have a we have a program called Hire Hire, and mm -hmm. uh, it's basically a, uh, a a few processes here. So the first one is the resume screening. The second one is the phone screening. This is a short 15 minute phone call where we just get basic information from them and see if they're a good fit energy wise. Then we go to the first interview. Then we go to the second interview. Then mm -hmm. we, have a, we have a group interview with the team members. Uh, usually there's another team member on the second interview as well. Then if we, if we want to offer them a job, we do a background check, an employer check, and then we make an offer. And so those are all different meetings. And you want to set up that that type of uh, route because, um, you know, you want to set that up because you want to see how that candidate acts over time. And so each of this, each of the, this, each of the, the parts, we have something called, uh, we have questions, right? So each candidate gets something like this, where we put the candidate's name, we put their position and we save this in our files. And mm -hmm. so, and so when, it, when, when we each, each section has its own questions. So for example, on the phone screening, I'm answering questions like, what are your responsibilities at your two or three most recent positions, right? Then I ask, what are the biggest challenges and problems you faced? Then I ask, why are you looking for a new job? Then I ask, what interested you about this position? What interests you about this company? And I'm asking these very soft questions, right? Like I'm not going like, 
tell me specifically how you're going to grow our website's SEO. That comes on the second, third interview, right? So mm -hmm. that's phone screening. And so we have, we have templates in here for once we start to scale, we can actually, uh, you know, use this for our team. And so once we get to the second interview, we're actually looking more about different types of uh, flexibility, uh, empathetic outlook, how they, how they manage a team, um, their belief system about success, how they, how they do accountability, accountability for others, planning an organization. And we're just trying to make sure that they're a good fit for an agency that's like moving fast, right? Because not a lot of, not everybody cannot handle that. Okay. How long does it take, you know, uh, from the first step to the final? I would say, I would say probably like a month or two. Um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, but, but you want it to be long guys, because unless you need to fill in a position really quickly and you know that somebody's qualified and good for it and you just want to hire them, feel free to do that. I've done that a lot, but you want it to be long because you want, listen, if you interview somebody one time and you tell them they got the job, how much do you think they're going to value that job? Right? Probably not much at the start. But when mm -hmm. you, they have to go through these consecutive interviews, it almost makes them feel like this is an important role and you're interviewing other candidates. You never want the candidate to feel like they're the only person running for the job. You want them to feel like it's competitive and you want them to feel like you care and you want them to feel all of these different types of things. And that's why we do this process. And plus, it allows me to get my stuff together. So like, I never rush a hire. It's the worst thing. I've done it, didn't work, it didn't work. And I had to fire the person, it's very awkward. But now mm -hmm. we're very careful with this because my mentor, Larry Janeski, told me, you know, you hired them. They're, they're not doing anything wrong. You did something wrong by hiring them. So anytime mm -hmm. people try to complain about employees, it's not like that. It's because you hired them. So we try to avoid that by all means. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. Oh, thanks a lot for uh, this great conversation. I like it. And uh, uh, tell uh, where people can reach out to you, learn more about you, and yeah, any other sites. So, so I have um, I have an Instagram page and a LinkedIn page. Mm -hmm. uh, you can reach out to me on both of those. Um, but if you'd like, you can watch my YouTube channel, which is where I really put my time and effort into teaching. So if you want to learn more information, feel free to connect to me on YouTube. Um, if you want to ask me a question or connect with me, I, I probably won't get back to it just because of how much time I have to do on current clients and stuff. Um, but I'd be more than happy to connect with you on those platforms if you want to say hello. But I would highly recommend you just checking out YouTube if you want to learn more about what I do. Okay. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks, guys, for watching this webinar. And hope you see you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.